Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, WrestleZone would like to welcome you to tonight's live event. Before we begin, please be advised that all WrestleZone stars are professionally trained, so please do not copy or imitate anything you see here tonight. Please also be aware that WrestleZone is proud to provide entertainment suitable for all ages, and we ask that you refrain from using any inappropriate language this evening. Hello and welcome to the WrestleZone podcast. I'm your host, as always, Billy. I'm here with a, a little bonus, a little shorter episode, I would think, unless I start going off into tangents. Uh, we're going to talk about a recap Aberdeen Anarchy that took place this past Saturday at Dainston Community Centre. A night of big moments, big shocks, and also big matches as well. And none bigger than the main event, but we'll get on to that. Let's go through match by match what happened on the show so we got there sold out Dainston community center doors open half past five for a vip meet and greet which was just bustling with photographs and pictures and and, and merch all over the place it was a nice great atmosphere with people just able to hang out and just have a bit of a chat before the show there was wrestlers just wandering about to be able to to get a picture with them or or get uh autographs and and the like as well. So a lot of good stuff happened in that little bit of uh, time before the pre-show match itself. There was a lot happening uh, on the show in general, and we'll I'll have a full full recap and rundown of my experience at Aberdeen Anarchy in the coming weeks for our SWN podcast, Aberdeen Anarchy Road Trip. But for the show itself, we kicked off the VIP with Ted O'Keefe against Oliver Green. So Oliver Green, first time, in a singles match uh, in front of a, a crowd that size. Of course, he did the, the training academy, and there we go again for, the of course, the meter. Uh, he had the training academy show against Chris Archer, but he was coming in against Ted O'Keefe against, let's be honest, most of the tickets that were sold were VIP. <laughs> so it was a big crowd in Dainston Community Centre, and Ted O'Keefe was coming back. He he got the crowd riled up. He got uh, everyone um, remembering why the outfit were, were so uh, disliked initially in WrestleZone, and uh, they still are, <laughs> but Ted was a, a key factor in that, and he, he reminded people that the outfit aren't nice guys, and he came out and, and took every shortcut you could imagine you could imagine making, uh, and eventually he was able to get Oliver Green into a sharpshooter and pick up the submission victory. So it was a really good match, really, really good match, and like I say, I'll, I'll go into more depth in a little bit, but just for this recap itself, I don't want to keep you too long, I just want to tell you what happened and and then like I say, you keep an eye, eye on the social medias for WrestleZone and they'll tell you. You can see the pictures as well from Brian Batsby and Kirsten Louise as well. There's some great pictures going on from the show. We'll have a montage again in a couple of weeks on the podcast itself. Uh, so after that, that was that was the pre-show. Nice little nice little aperitif uh, to start off the event. We got to do there was a bit more um, hustle and bustle around ringside where we got onto the main show itself with Martin Clunas dressed as snappily in his pink suit, uh, pink tartan kind of suit going on there. Didn't really get a match going on first because the first person that came out after that was the returning Mr. P for a hero's welcome. Mr. P hadn't been seen in WrestleZone since Dainston Community Centre at Christmas Chaos in December uh, when it looked like he, he'd hung up. There was a lot of speculation, a lot of to the fro and we don't know, we didn't know at the time, but we were, had the inkling that Mr. P had hung up his boots or, or put his gloves up 
for one final time. And he came out at the start of the show to a hero's welcome. Everyone's roaring for Mr. P, who revealed that he is now head of WrestleZone management, uh, a position which he held about 10 years ago, uh, before, just before, uh, I think about right about this time, because the first time I met Mr. P was he was part of WrestleZone management, and I gave him my spare ticket to, to sell on uh, to Arvid Arky 2013. So that's a nice little, little circle moment. Uh, Mr. P started his management, went on to to be uh, a, a decorated wrestler in WrestleZone, become a tag team champion with Katie Garrick, and also become a Tri-Counties champion as well. And then he's now decided that he's, he's going back to management, and he wants to not just control the chaos, he wants to embrace the chaos. And he is there as judge, jury, and executioner as well when it comes to WrestleZone. And for one, if there's anyone that can control, or at least uh, try and get it through the weeds of chaos, it's definitely going to be Mr. P. And I'm very excited to see him back. Uh, he was very missed that six months. Uh, very much missed in WrestleZone. He always brought a lot of action and uh, excitement when he was hitting his head quite a lot and called people stupid. He was confronted straight away, though, by Chris Archer coming out and uh, pretty much just telling Mr. P that he's not going to do what he tells him. It was a, a Rage Against the Machine kind of thing going for, for Chris Archer. Um, so Mr. P thought about it. He, he knew he can't, he can't touch Chris Archer or he'll get fired. Archer can't touch, touch Mr. P or Archer will get fired. So he just started the mosh pit match there and then. Uh, just moved it up the cards. Just changed it. Just changed the, the running order because that's what Mr. P does. He embraces the chaos. There was a situation there. And he just made it happen. He made the mosh pit match happen. So that's what we kicked off the main show with. The mosh pit rules. Mickey Vago and Chris Archer. And my word. There is a lot happened in this match. Uh, we got Mickey Vago uh, brought weapons upon weapons with him. Archer had his chain in tow. There was a, a, a board used. A mosh pit board used. And there was chairs involved. Of course, because you sit at a gig. If you're my age anyway, or my uh, my figure, uh, I, I do like to have a seat at a, a rest uh, at any show, a gig, music, or otherwise. Uh, we had uh, massive drumsticks. I think that's the technicality of of what uh, Vega's going to call those those kendo sticks, those massive ones, including a giant one, um, not as big as the one that we've seen in the past with Crusher Crabbe and Scotty Swift. That was gigantic, but it was it was up there. It was a bit more manageable. It was in that in between kind of size. Uh, we had what else did we have? We had beer kegs used. We we had at one point Archer. Oh, we, we had uh, symbols used for our drum kit. And uh, I think it was Archer's head being um, smashed against it repeatedly. Uh, Archer did a, a second rope cactus elbow drop from to the outside. Uh, there was just a lot going on, and eventually Chris Archer found himself uh, at one point found himself with uh, going through a bin, a big base. Like a big one of those big bass drums, and Vago did a, a coast to coast, uh, which was amazing. It was incredible to watch, and, and it looked like Archer was going to win. Though we had the guitar in hand, and then Mickey Vago spat that green mist in his face and rammed the guitar over Chris Archer's head to pick up the victory. I don't think this is. I don't think this is over, but strike one goes to Mickey Vago in this match. An incredible matchup. Uh, next up was Captain Alan Sterling. Captain Alan came out and he was he didn't have an opponent because, of course, Deacon Matthews was choosing his opponent. And we got the returning Evan Young. 
I was very excited to see Evan Young come out. We haven't seen Evan Young for quite a while. Um, I can't actually remember off the top of my head, but it must have been around about this time last year. Uh, I remember him, he, he definitely wrestled at Avni Anarchy in 2022. I can't remember if he, if he was on shows after that. So he's had a, a good break. He came back, tattooed, attitude. He's now the captain himself. He's, he's captain Evan Young for that one, whether it was one night only or that's it going forward. And we're going to see some dueling captains. Uh, Evan Young came back. It was a house on fire. It was very, it's a very exciting to see Evan Young back. I'm a big fan of, of the young, young guy. Uh, well, he's, he's, he's getting older now. Uh, but yeah, it was very, very weird to see Evan Young with tattoos. I was just because when we first saw him uh, way back when he was 17, uh, he was fresh faced and now he's like inked uh, a little bit. So it was like, oh my God, you definitely are older uh, now. So great matchup. Evan Young took to show, show a little bit of ring rust, I will say. Uh, he was just trying to get himself back into the motion in the ring, which Captain Allen versus Vernon, he took advantage of it fully and end up rolling up Evan Young for the three count with his feet on the ropes as well. So a tainted win for Captain Allen, and this could be far from over, whether Evan Young gets his revenge or we're still waiting Deacon Matthews to come back. It looks like, by the sounds of it, he'll be back in time to Battle of the Nations. We'll see if that's, that's when uh, we'll see a showdown between Captain and the Cult of Positivity. Next up, the first half main event was the WrestleZone Tag Team Championships, the two out of three falls. Foundation of the future against the Fair City Saints. Wow. That's, that's pretty much what we can say about this match. Wow. Two of the best teams in the country. Do you need to argue about it? They're definitely two of the top teams in the country that, that are, are active in wrestling and, and around Scotland. And they proved it here. So, first blood went to Foundation of the Future. They were able to get a quick roll up uh, on, I think it was Alex Webb, top of my head here. I could be wrong. I apologize. I'll I'll check out uh, our reports on the SWN website. I'm sure I'll be told otherwise. Um, so first blood definitely did go to Foundation of the Future. Fair City Saints were able to rally back and get a, a score, get the score tied. Uh, but eventually, it came down, came down to just a little bit of of roughness from the Foundation of the Future. Uh, it came down to came down to Ryan and Alex, uh, Bruiser Brad took. Air Miles out to the crowd, threw him into a wall, and that gave all enough time for uh, a pile driver to Alex Webb and the win for the Foundation of the Future. So the Foundation of the Future now, two-time WrestleZone Tag Team Champions, an incredible matchup. Uh, not as, not maybe not as uh, respectful as we were possibly thinking or possibly were anticipating from the, the Foundation of the Future. They found their ways. They made sure to take a shortcut or two that they could find. But that's, if you're going to be a champion, you've got to find your ways to retain and regain those titles, which is what the Foundation of the Future did. Uh, it's an incredible contest. And we got the interval at that point. We were able to go around again, merch stand. I was able to pick up myself some little pins. Uh, I, I, I'm not really a pin guy, but it's quite a cool commemorative thing. Again, it reminds me to way back that first Avenue show I went to in 2013. Uh, you, you got like a little goodie bag if you're a VIP and you got like a key ring and all that kind of stuff. And it was just a nice, nice little trinket, a nice little um, like uh, piece of, of what's it, what's the word? a memento for the event. Um, so it was nice to get those and pop them in my little uh, box of, of wrestling stuff that I've got. We're also able to pick up a Granite City Road, uh, Granite Road t-shirt. I'll show you now on the video. 
I've just disappeared from the video. That was that was terrifying. Uh, so, so Brad Rowe t-shirt here for the main event. Aspen and Caleb. That was a very weird moment. I'm not going to cut it out, though. It's okay. Uh, so so we're able to pick up some merch uh, and able to just uh, decompress from the show itself and be able to decompress from the moments because the, the matches all, that were given to us in that moment in time, uh, half of the show, including the pre-show, uh, were just fantastic. It was a great night. We were able to shout along and be able to support our favourites and be able to support just some darn good wrestling in a sold-out Davidson Community Centre. Back from the break, we got the future title opportunity ladder match. A match I was, I was very kind of, it, was, it feel, felt a bit, bit like thrown together a little bit before the show, but the match itself, phenomenal. We had we had everyone involved in this one. Uh, Connor Malloy defeat, eventually defeated Zach Dynamite, Dino Murphy, Tommy Raiden, and William Sterling to earn that title opportunity. And we don't know what he's going to go for. Whether it's going to be the Tri Counties title, we'd love to see him against Zach Dynamite. Uh, whether it's tag team titles, he gets a partner and goes against the foundation in the future. Whether it's the undisputed championship, which you know, if if you're only gonna get one shot at that belt, you may as well go for it. But the match itself, there was so many moments where Tommy Raiden came awfully close. He came so close, he had his fingertips on the contract hanging above the ring, which so he he could have vibed easily split second more. He would have been holding that contract. Zach Dynamite had some spills on the outside. Uh, William Sterling, um, unfortunately, it looks like he picked up a little bit of a injury towards the end there when he was doing his, when he was attempting his elbow drop. He, he unfortunately slipped off the rope, um, which seemed to discombobulate him for the remaining of the match. And Dino and Murphy, they worked as a team. There wasn't any any time where they, where you thought they were going to battle out. They had a track in mind. That track was tag team titles by the size of it, by the looks of it, anyway, from watching it. So. There's a lot of a lot of moving parts to this, a lot of like I said thrills and spills on the outside and through ladders and on ladders, which were so, they, there was one moment uh, William Sterling choke slams Zach Dynamite off the ladder through a uh, uh, horizontal ladder, which was um, incredible, insane. And I don't I mean if there's someone who's picking up William Sterling's mantle of of having uh, crazy moments in ladder matches or in, or in matches. Of that ilk with weapons, Zach Dynamite is certainly putting himself forward and just putting his body on the line uh, to try and and gain opportunity or gain titles or or just gain bragging rights. So, an incredible performance from everyone involved. Conor Malloy, though, absolute worthy winner. I look forward to seeing where he goes with that contract. Whether it's going to be Battle of Nations to use it, or maybe hold on to it and just bide his time, and maybe we'll see we'll see Conor Malloy as a champion. And the end of the year, there's no, no, I haven't seen anything to say that there's a stipulation time on that contract, so we don't know if, whether he's going to hold it until Abinanaki next year. Maybe, maybe he'll cash in on the title match, and, and there'll be a triple threat if he hasn't won the rumble. Who knows? That's that's the interesting thing about that future title opportunity. I like I say coming into it, I thought, oh, it's a bit bit thrown together in, in as far as participants, but it possibly was one of the best matches of the night. After that, though, this was this was. Definitely interesting. Ronan King and Damien went at it. And uh, it looks like Ronan King knocked Damien and Loopy right near the start of the match. And it, it changed the complexion of the performance because Damien just had to fight back at that point. He was he was trying his best. He was trying to stay alive. He was surviving in that particular contest. And, and Ronan King was doing all he could to try 
to get Damien to stay down for a three count. Uh, it was kind of it was one of those matches where it was uncomfortable to watch at times because we were watching Damien just try to hang on, try to hang on, but Ronin King was relentless in his attack. I mean, Damien had his moments, but he was relentless. Uh, Ronin King was uh, doing and trying to keep Damien down. Uh, it came to a head, though, when Damien smashed a picture frame that Ronin took to the ring, and Ronin took a shard of that glass and tried to gouge the eye of Damien, uh, which called a halt to the contest. Uh, the referees, the crew, uh, Mark Clunas, everyone got involved to take Damien backstage uh, because that was that was a deplorable act from Ronin King. And it was, it was one of those moments where it, it just, you don't know how to feel about it. It's one of those, like, you're watching it and thinking, that's, that was, is Ronin King maybe the greatest 19-year-old wrestler in the world right now, but he's deplorable in his actions with that piece of glass, and it's, uh, it's it was a scary moment in the Instant Community Center, I'm not going to lie. But we're going to see if there's any repercussions, because Mr. P, of course, he might be embracing the chaos, but he's got to remember his safety. But we're going to remember the safety of the wrestlers as well, and to, to see to see Ronan um, try and, and gouge the eye of Damien with a shard of glass, uh, there's going to be some repercussions, I'm sure, for Ronan King, because uh, Mr. Mr. P, he's, that, it's, that falls on his head now. It falls on his head, the, the actions of the wrestlers. As head of wrestlers or management, he's got, to, he's got to be the judge, jury, and the executioner in this situation. He's got to look at, look at all the, the factors, but I think he's got to really call Ronan King into account for, for that moment. Uh, a moment that that caused a stunned silence. The second time in in about six months, there's been a stunned silence in Dainston Community Center, uh, and that was just a it was a brutal display from Ronan King. Damien did all he could, he did all he could to hang on, but in the end, uh, Ronan had to take an underhanded tactic to get where he to to get the upper hand to get some rev- some sort of sick revenge on Damien for embarrassing him at the Regal Rumble. Despite that, we moved on to the tag team match. We had Mr. WrestleZone and Omar Mohammed taking on Reese Dawkins and Brian Tucker. And this was absolutely nothing like any other match on the show. The penultimate match on the card. Uh, and it was just shenanigans. It was pure and adulterated shenanigans. Mr. WrestleZone uh, proving that uh, he, he may have may have been taught everything uh, from Omar Mohammed, but he didn't quite listen to all of it uh, as we, we had... Mr. WrestleZone uh, attempted to get in the ring several times, uh, attempted to get out the ring more more times, which didn't really end well for him. Um, Reese Dawkins and Brian Tucker didn't know what to make of it, and they seemed to be in their own kind of uh, miscommunication world themselves. Omar Mohammed seemed to be the the guy. I don't know if you, if anyone watching, there was a bit like there's a community is a TV show that I, I enjoy watching. Uh, there's a moment where there's some multiverse stuff going on and a character. Uh, played by Dog uh, Glover, comes into the into the room with some pizzas and opens the door and there's fire and there's just all this weird stuff happening in this room. And that's how I felt Omar uh, was, was like in this particular match. He walked into this room and uh, walked into this ring to see Reese and, and Brian being wallies and just uh, run into each other and then turn around to see Mr. WrestleZone uh, just, just confused at life. Uh, as well, so it was a very he was he was he was the straight guy in the room. He was turning around, going, "I this is just too weird, maybe." 
but but Mr. Wrestlezone tried to he tried. He definitely tried. He had he even brought down elongated tag team rope. Because you know you have to hold the rope to get a tag, which uh referee, I think it was Dennis Law was the referee in that particular match. He was quick to to if it wasn't, I apologize, Mikey. Uh he was quick to to make sure that Mr. Wrestlezone had to know the rules. He had to do the, the legal tag rope. The legal tag rope. Had to use that. But in the end, Omar Mohammed seemed to be he had the help from Mr. Wrestlezone, but a lot of the action was himself in this this kind of possible little bit of a handicap match. It was like two against one and a half. Um, he was able to do most of the work for Mr. Wrestlezone to run in and get the pin in the end. So uh, definitely a, a mood lightener after seeing Damien and Ronan in their no contest. And we got that tag team match afterwards. So there was definitely chalk and cheese when it comes to what what you got there in Daisy Community Center for Abbey Anarchy. And Anarchy, in a different sense of the word, uh, I suppose. And that led us to the main event. The main event, which was Lost Boy Aspen, now announced in WrestleZone as Lost Boy Aspen, taking on the mighty Caleb Valhalla for the undisputed WrestleZone Championship. And to say this is an epic main event would be doing it a disservice. These guys just leathered each other for 15 minutes, for 15, 20 minutes. They just absolutely went to town making sure, I mean, there was, at least we said in the preview, there's no animosity between these two. It's just this is how the the cards have been played. This is how the chips have lain. This is how it's it's ended up. We've got to see Caleb and Aspen in the main event because of Caleb's Regal Rumble win. It almost started, almost stopped before it started, with Caleb having a big high high angled back suplex which looked to rattle Aspen right off the bat, but they just kept going. They just the 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 phrase the phrase that's come into the rest of vernacular over the last couple of years is big beefy men slapping meat, and this was that. This was two big guys just battering each other, uh, just in the hopes they would get a three count. That was all that they could hope for and, and try to gain. And when it was all said and done, battered, bruised, just lumps of of just uh, uh, contorted, I don't know, contorted bodies. Aspen was was there in the end with his hand raised. Lost by Aspen retains the Abney Anarchy and is still the undisputed WrestleZone champion in, a, in an absolutely phenomenal match which saw the members of the roster come out afterwards with ice packs which I think was, was sorely needed uh, with the amount of, of big shots and clubs that were happening during the match. So there's your recap of the show. Uh, it was amazing. I said we're gonna have, in a couple of weeks. We'll have a, a road trip episode, which will show how what my journey was after the anarchy, and and how we how we got on. We've had some predictions in the early going, and uh, we'll see if we'll see if any of them are right. <laughs> some are horrifically wrong, but we'll get to see if they're right in the future. But it was an amazing night. I will say though, I, I did notice because you know I like a bit of conspiracy theory here. Uh, in the previous show at Dainston Community Centre, we saw Sean Johnson and Mr. P look like they were they were hanging up their their boots, their gloves, their elbow pads, whatever. And um, in this show, it looked like after Conor Malloy won the the title opportunity ladder match, um, William Sterling even applauded was was at the entranceway applauding and pointing to to Conor Malloy. So whether that was the last night for William Sterling, I don't know. That's all speculative at this point. Um, if it was. That's that's the way to go out. He's he's he tried his best, 
uh, he he tried his moment. His moment didn't work, and the the young guys, Connor Malloy, uh, was able to capture the opportunity, which could change his his absolute change his trajectory in WrestleZone. So it was a uh, if if that was the last time we see William Sterling in the ring, um, it, it I'd be upset, but. It, it's a great way. It, it's it was a great match to go out on, possibly match of the night uh, on WrestleZone. I've, 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 you know, I've tried to think. Of, there were so many good matches, so many great matches, so many amazing matches. But yeah, I think that ladder match possibly stole the show. But that's it. That's the recap. We'll do. As I said a couple of weeks. We'll have a road trip episode. You can see how how I how I got to Avenue Anarchy and had and and what have you. I'll answer some of your questions on that show as well. But thank you for watching this recap. A little bit of a shorter episode, like I say, of Avenue Anarchy, a WrestleZone podcast. We'll just have to keep an eye out and find out. We should find out this week on what's happening about Battle of the Nations. And in the meantime, it's gala season. So go to a gala in Aberdeenshire, you'll probably see some WrestleZone action. But I've been Billy Strachan. Go check out WrestleZone on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere. WrestleZone Scotland, I think the website, WrestleScotland.co.uk. And just go and enjoy some wrestling. Have a good one.